out there in podcast land. You're set your dial once again to episode number 43 of CSWR. Where is the time going? I don't know, but I'm sure glad to be on this earth, breathing this clean air and being amongst all my dear friends on MMA Twitter and beyond. So today's show, we're going to have our uh, recap of Bellator Milan's main card, just the recap of the main card, which is just three fights. Our full UFC Fight Island 4 breakdown, Aldana versus Holm. Dre is famous. Drop of the night. Our picks for next weekend's UFC Fight Night at Fight Island 5. Our awesome Q&A with the Rhino Gang. Then LFA middleweight Aaron Jeffrey, the number one middleweight in Canada out of the the province. Yeah, province of Ontario. Goes 10 rounds with Rhino. Literally next weekend, he's fighting in the main event for LFA. So we were super glad he took the time to talk to us. I can't wait to uh, get into that one a little bit later. So... Let's go ahead and dive right in with our Bellator Milan main card. We had Kiefer Crosby versus Charlie, uh, I believe it's Leary. Uh, This one was fun. This was a fun back and forth. Both guys were kicking each other's ass in the first round at 106-pound catchweight. At the end of the first, uh, Kiefer Crosby had a cut on his eye from Charlie's onslaught. The doctor stopped it. So that's TKO1 for Charlie Leary. Good fight. That was a fun one. The next two, not so much, right? So Charlie Ward, another uh, big guy from – he's an 85er, but he looks huge. Uh, 85er from SPG Ireland fought Andy Manzolo. This one was not exciting at all. It was a pretty boring lot of, like, stalling out on the ground. The referee wasn't standing him up. Not a lot happening. Charlie Ward got the UD, but, man, this was not a normal Charlie Ward fight. Usually it's go in and – Swing away and see what happens, but not this one. So moving into uh, Cal Eleanor versus James Gallagher or Mini Connor, as a lot of people call him. Uh, James did what he does. He took Cal down, got on his back, hunted, hunted, hunted. Cal did a good job of uh, defending for a while, but then eventually James Gallagher got the first round choke. So first round submission for James Gallagher. Yeah, that was that one. So next week uh, from Paris, actually, Paris, France, we got Congo versus Johnson. Check Congo, again, is one of those guys who's actually still competing at a high level of MMA, who's actually older than I am, which I always appreciate and like. Tim Johnson's coming off a couple nice wins, MVPs on this card, so I'll be checking that one out next week. Um, all right, so that's our Bellator Milan recap. Now let's go ahead and get into our UFC Fight Island 4. We'll start with the prelims. We had a great one to start off the night, dude. Uh, Jessen Ayari versus Luigi Vendramini. And this was a beautiful fucking fight, dude. Uh, Luigi got the TKO in the first round from this combination that was literally like punch, 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 left hook. He had like a high kick in the middle of the combination that rocked Ayari up against the cage. He goes to the ground. Luigi finishes him off a little bit of GMP. Man, that one was fun, dude. Good good on Luigi. Big win. Big combination. Nice drop. All of it, dude. I was for all of it. Got me hyped up for the rest of the night. Then, uh, moving into the one... That was at 155. Moving into the 135, or bantamweight, uh, or the bantamweights, we had Casey Kenny versus Hel- Heli. Oh, man. I'm not going to butcher the guy's last name. Uh, onto league something. Uh, first of all, that guy is tough as shit because Casey Kenny whipped him with body kicks over and over and over again. Uh, Haley was so tough. He kept coming forward, kept trying, but man, Casey Kenny put everybody at 135 on notice. Beautiful job. I hope Haley fucking heals up, man, because that was gnarly. Look at his ribs were bright purple. Woof. 
Casey Kenny, great performance last night. Clear UD for you. Uh, then going into the 115-pound division, we had Loma Luca Bunmi versus Jin Hu Frey. This one was, again, This was I was expecting this to be a much closer fight than it was. Uh, Loma, beautiful kicks, beautiful striking, great tie clinch, inside elbow. She was really throwing the, the whole Muay Thai book at Jin Hu Frey, who just looked like she was out of sorts. Eventually, Jin did get a, um, get a takedown, but... It wasn't nearly enough. Great job by Luma. Got the got the clear UD uh, for Loma over Jin Hu Frey. Moving into the 185 pound division, we had just fresh off of his contender series win, Jordan Williams versus uh, Nasruddin Imatov. And I thought Jordan eked out the first round, but then after that, dude, it was all Nasruddin, dude. Second and third, nice combinations, couple of nice fucking um, exchanges where he got the better of Jordan for sure. It, they were both pretty tired come the third round, but I was bummed to see Jordan lose. Nasruddin definitely got the win. I had no problem with that one. Uh, moving into the 145-pound division, this was an interesting fight. So we had Charles Jordan versus Joshua Kulibau, and Kulibau dropped and busted Jordan's nose in round one, dude. Like, so, holy shit. I think they said he was a, he was like the lowest, uh, there was the biggest discrepancy uh, on the fighting odds for this one. But, so, Kulibau, then in the second, him and Jordan both had a good job of exchanging. I thought Kulabau maybe got the second, but then again, Jordan ended up on top for like the last 35, 40 seconds, landed a little bit of a uh, little bit of GMP. And then Jordan just kicked his ass in the third round, had some nice sub attempts, was really on top a lot. This one ended up being a draw. This one was a this one was a draw. One it was split draw, which you don't rarely see. So one judge had it for Jordan, one judge had it for Kulabau, and then one judge had it a draw. Therefore, it's a draw. There was, I don't know, man. I would have given it to Jordan, but I wouldn't have been mad if they give it to Kulibau. But again, a draw is a draw, and uh, hopefully they can run it back because that was an entertaining fight. So look forward to seeing what's next for those two gentlemen. Uh, then my man, NBK, Carlos Condit versus Court McGee. I tweeted last night that all respect to Court McGee, dude, for, for being able to come back from battling his demons the way that he has, for being five years sober, for being as outspoken as he is. He's a good fighter, good wrestler. You know I was team Condit all day, right? So this one was interesting because Carlos, I mean, he stayed on the feet the entire time. Carlos threw a lot of weird kind of herky-jerky shots, which he always does, that sidekick, quick jabs, a little bit one-two, a little bit of a shovel uh, left uppercut at times. It was a good It was a good performance from Carlos coming off of like several straight losses. Dude, I think it was four or five in a row that he had put down, but long layoff, got himself together. Court kept pushing forward. Court did a good job, but I also gave, just like the judges, I gave all three rounds to Carlos. I don't know why he was on the prelims, but that's a story for another day. Carlos Condit, great job. Court McGee, I'm sure he'll be back, but Carlos Condit, great to see him. We've got a question about him uh, later on in the Rhino Gang. Questions and answers section. So moving on to our main card, we had Dusko Todorovic versus Daquan Townsend. Now, Daquan Townsend, I, I want to be a fan of because he's from Michigan. He is a tough guy. He's taking fights on short notice. I, I just had a feeling that Dusko was going to do exactly what he did, which was outland Daquan on the feet, get a big takedown, and then finish him up with ground and pound, which he was able to do. So straight out of Serbia, man, Dusko Todorovic beat Daquan Townsend. It was a, you know, it was one way traffic, dude. Uh, he finished him with GMP in the mountain the second round. So, yeah, that that guy has got some talent. I, I'm looking forward to seeing what's next for him. So, moving into uh, the bantamweight division again, we had Kyler Phillips versus Cameron Els. Uh, Kyler Phillips is one of those guys who's like a, he's like an atom 
dude. He just can't stop moving around. He's like a clay guida, but you know, maybe a little bit more grace <laughs> and athleticism. So Kyler Phillips all over the cage, uh, took Cameron Nelson's back, early takedown, flattened him out. And this and then you know that got into the second round barely, but yeah, Kyler Phillips flattens him out, puts the GMP on, and then he got the uh, got the TKO early in the second. For Kyler Phillips, he was fun to watch. He's somebody to be reckoned with. I know this was Cameron Else. I believe is his debut in the UFC, and I think he took it on short notice. So hopefully they give him another chance because Kyler Phillips is a hard test for your first time in there. All righty, moving into the uh, Jermaine Durandamy versus Juliana Pena fight at 135. GDR looked good in the first round. She was cutting good angles. She was sticking and moving. Juliana kind of looked lost, kind of chasing her down. Second round, Juliana got a big takedown, had some top control. Uh, but then in the third round, man, guillotine submission at 325 of round three for GDR. Drea's probably going to talk some shit because she was just sure that GDR was going to do something awesome on the ground, which I thought Pena was. If it was on the ground, I thought Pena was going to be winning. But GDR, once again, uh, gets the win. Juliana Pena gets subbed again by someone who is a quote-unquote striker. So, huh. I don't know. We'll see what's next for her. <laughs> we got a great GDR question later on in the show as well. Uh, moving on to the disappointment for me for the night, man. Jurgen DeCastro versus Carlos Felipe. This was, first of all, it was really slow. It was plotting. There was a lot of uh, lulls, let's say. And you know I'm a heavyweight stand, so that that bummed me out. Plus, I thought Jurgen was going to knock Carlos out early, but Carlos was definitely... Uh, game and stayed in the whole time. He was talking a little bit of shit, which is actually kind of fun. I loved his post for interview when he said, I got I have violence in me. <laughs> that was pretty cool. Uh, so, yeah, unanimous decision for Carlos Felipe. But Jorgen actually outlanded him a little bit, but Carlos had the stronger punches and did more damage. So that was the right call for him to get the UD on that one, which brings our way all the way around to the main event from last night. Holly, the preacher's daughter, home versus Irina Aldana. So, D. Reigns, why don't we give Drea a call and we can discuss this main event. All right, ladies and gentlemen, now my feature player, Drea, has joined us on the conversation where we're going to go over Holly Holm versus Irina Aldana from last night. So, yeah, this was a lot of one-way traffic, Drea, as we both saw, wouldn't you say? It definitely was. It was pretty much a one-woman show. <laughs> yeah, dude, for sure. Like, here's, here's, here's some of my notes just to kind of like, Paint a picture for those of you maybe who didn't see it. I go circle, 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 flurry for home. Good body kicks, lots of kicks by home. <laughs> Irina landing <laughs> occasional shots, fewer and fewer as the time goes on. More side kicks to the body for Holly. Flurry, circle, circle, flurry. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds about right. <laughs> Jeez, I'm crow, man. So yeah, dude, we both definitely saw that Holly Home clearly won every round of the fight. I thought it was going to be much closer. I thought it was going to be a split decision going in, but not so much. You actually had Holly Holm picked correctly, whereas I did, I did. not. I still, I, I'm surprised at how clear cut it ended up being. I thought it was going to be a lot closer of a fight, but it was pretty one-sided. And I don't, she didn't even seem tired at the end. It was crazy. Going five rounds at the pace she, that she went was insane to me. Even like before the bell rang of each, um, each round, like her little pacing that she does back and forth, yeah. she's just, I'm like any other person in that fight, like they're, they're resting to the last possible second. And she's just like going full force pacing. And I'm like, it's just crazy to me. So 
Yeah, she definitely her power. cardio. Her cardio was definitely on point. There's no doubt about that. For so, sure. Let's go ahead and get into the world famous, the, the world famous Drea's <laughs> drop of the night. Who did you pick from last night's UFC Fight Island for Peach Play Drea? So my drop of the night comes from the opening prelim fight of Luigi Vendramini versus uh, Justin Ayari. Holy shit! What a beautiful finish for Vendramini. It started off with this strong left hook that wobbled uh, Ayari. Then Luigi just hunted him down, backing him up to the cage, uh, throwing flurries of strikes. And then he throws this vicious head kick, landing like his shin to his neck, which dropped Ayari. And then he finished him off with the ground and pound. Um, what a start to last night's fights. And I loved every second of it. <laughs> so my so my drop of the night goes to uh, Luigi Benjamin. Yes, that was an awesome drop of the night. That was an awesome fight. It was a great way to kick off the card. And then how impressive was that kick, dude? He was like, they were literally, oh my literally gosh. chest to chest. And he I know. Remember that thing up there? So like, high. In the middle of a combination. All the yeah. other guy's head. It was amazing. I know. It was so high. And you could tell how close they actually were because it didn't even connect with his foot. It was literally like the middle of his shin, almost his knee, with where he connected on him. And it was beautiful. Loved it. Flexibility that I have never known, nor will ever know. <laughs> so right. that's our famous dream drop of the night. I'm hoping you'll put out a... Uh, a clip of that later. I will definitely but, find it. I'll, I'll get a clip of it for sure. Yeah, you're, you're a crafty, you're a crafty human being. You'll be able to do that. <laughs> so next weekend, Fight Island 5, we've got our main card picks all ready to rock and roll. I will go ahead and get us started at the bottom of the uh, main card. I've got Tom Aspinall beating Alan Bado by first round KO. I got Tom Aspinall beating Alan first round KO. What about you? I'm taking t- uh, Tom Aspinall too. Um, I'm going KO round two. All righty. Dre has got KO round two for Aspinall. Did you see some of the comparisons that Frank Mir has explaining to do about him yeah. possibly being the illegitimate father? Oh, my gosh. God, that cracked me up because it really does look like him. Especially yeah. a young version of him already. <laughs> so then we got uh, Marcus Perez versus Driscus Duplicisis. All right, we'll go with that. I've got Marcus <laughs> winning by unanimous decision. What about you? Um, the opposite, actually. I'm taking a Dracus uh, via decision. All right. So just completely the opposite of Rhino, as mm-hmm. you tend to do. Uh, <laughs> we got Which didn't Jared. work out for me yesterday. <laughs> well, I only beat you by one. Not that big of a deal. Uh, so there we've got Makwan Amir Khani versus Edson Barbosa. I am very much looking forward to this fight. This has the recipe for some serious violence anytime Edson Barbosa is involved. However, I've got Makwan Amir Khani getting the biggest win of his career by third round submission for Makwan Amir Khani, third round sub of Edson Barbosa. What say you, future play Adrea? Hmm. I think it's going to be a banger, and I'm going Edson Barbosa via unanimous decision. So you got Edson Barbosa, UD already. We have a very um a very easy pick for the old rhino. Anybody who listens to this show knows I cannot stand, nor have I ever been able to stand Ben Rothwell. Uh, I am Team Marcin Tybura all day. TKO in the third round due to ground and pound. He's gonna get Ben. I'm going real specific, as you know. I do some. He's gonna get Ben up against the cage in the clinch. 
He's going to knee him and elbow him a few times, drop him to the ground, get on top, land some GNP, third round TKO, Marcin Tybura over Big Ben Rothwell. What about you? I wanted to go against you on this one, but I know how much you hate Ben Rothwell. (laughs) (laughs) And I thought it was going to be close either way. So I'm going to go ahead and... um, give you the benefit of the doubt on this one and go Martin <laughs> you're, you're showing your loyalty to the team and I appreciate that because I, I don't hate anybody but I really dislike Ben Rothwell man I can't stand him so but if he yeah. wins I'm going to be very angry because part of me wanted to go with him <laughs> <laughs> all righty moving into our main event we got Marlon Mahias versus Cody Sanhagen what a fight. What a matchup this is, dude. This, mm-hmm. this is for everybody. This is for casuals and hardcores alike because there are so many possibilities that could come out of this one. After going back and forth, which I know you did as well, um, mm-hmm. I've got Marlon Marias with a late TKO in the fifth. I think it's going to be an extremely back and forth fight. I think Cody Sanhagen has lots of ways he could win. I think Marlon has a few more. I think his experience is going to see him through. I've got Marlon Marias fifth round TKO over Cody Sanhagen. What about you? Well, like you said, I did, we talked about it, and I did go back and forth on this. Um, I'm a Sanhagen fan. Um, Not that I don't like Mariah's, and I know with his experience and everything that he has, definitely I wouldn't be surprised if he takes it, but I'm going Corey Sanhagen, uh, round four TKO. I love when we have, especially the main event, opposite of Mm -hmm. each other. That is the most fun that we could have because we just talk shit to each other. <laughs> yeah. Time. And I'm well, very cool. much looking forward to that. Yeah, for sure. Um, <clears throat> cool story though, Stan Hagen. I, I've actually met him and my, uh, my husband has worked with him. He actually came here for a, a seminar at one of our local, our Muay Thai schools here in Stockton. Um, and I've actually got to meet him and super cool guy. And um, I guess that's why I'm a fan. But <laughs> either way, um, he did come to Stockton and did with did a seminar um, at a Muay Thai school here. And, um, just awesome guy. So well, that's very so. cool to hear. And that's a very cool experience. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, definitely. For sure, dude. All righty, Dre, let's go ahead and get into our Twitter questions. I know our first one comes from my my dear friend, Mr. B. What's Mr. B have for us this week? With Carlos Condit. Picking up a win, who would you match him up against next? Okay, well, great question. I saw a lot of names being thrown out last night mm-hmm. on Twitter. I saw a ton of different lists that people were making. And for me, dude, and I know this is might be maybe the hardest one to make. However, it's Cowboy. It's Carlos Condor versus Cowboy Cerrone. Both have had very rough go as of lately. They're both older veterans. I know that they're friends. I know that they've known each other for like 15 years. I know that fucking they've trained together a million times. I think all of these things would put forth that kind of a fight that we could be like, holy shit, afterwards, right? I think they would both have a throwback because they would both feel comfortable fighting each other. We all know how Cowboy, we've seen Cowboy in his career over time where like when he's fighting somebody like Nate who talks shit to him and who gets into his head, or Connor, he does not perform well. When he fights somebody he's cool with or he's friends with, he tends to put on a better performance. I think Carlos Condit versus Cowboy Cerrone is the next one to make. Let's make it happen, Captain. I want to see the violence. <laughs> that's what I got for me. So that's who I pick. And thank you very much, Mr. B. All righty. Scott Nolan, my dear homie from now Texas via Massachusetts. Scott Nolan, what do you got for us this week, buddy? So I love Jorgen DeCastro. Obviously had the Massachusetts connection. Plus, he works security at a very rough school and brings a lot of 
troublemakers into the sport. But let's be honest, he's looked really bad these last two fights. Where do you think he goes from here? And I know it was Joe and team's call to move from light heavyweight to heavyweight, but he really looks like he struggles with carrying that weight around and being able to move up. So do you think the move back down would make sense? Just like you, Scott, I have an affinity for Michigan fighters, and I know that's how you feel for about guys from Massachusetts, dude. Um, I like Jorgen, too, as a human being. I don't see him having any chance of getting it back to 205 ever. Um, at his age, already being, you know, at the, like pretty much the 265 limit, I just don't see that being possible. Um, I think they might give him one more in the UFC. It'll be an unranked opponent. It'll be in the middle of a, a prelim, probably on a, on a fight night. If he can get a win there, I think they'll keep him around, but kind of like right on the chopping block, you know, where he'll they'll keep giving him fights with guys in that 15 to 20 range. Um, and if he can get a few knockouts in a row, he'll definitely be on. But if he kind of goes one and done, or if he loses to somebody who's you know not even ranked, we may see the end of Jorgen DeCastro in the organization. I hope he can make. I hope he can make a stand, right? And I hope he can get a couple of wins and stay in the UFC. But yeah, I don't think we'll ever see him back at 205. And yeah, he has not looked good in his last couple of fights. So hopefully, he can turn it around a little bit too. Because just like you, buddy, I like him, and I don't want to see him on the chopping block. So thank you very much, Scott Nolan. Alrighty, I know we're gonna move next to my girl, the Scream Queen Supreme, Jess at Renee Jess. What do you got for us this week, my dear? All right, Jess says last night's female fights were great, but with Nunez owning both featherweight, which is very shallow with talent, and bantamweight with no standouts to challenge her, should the UFC close the women's featherweight division and maybe try its hand at Adam Weight? Watterson used to fight there and Invicta standouts Alicia Zapatella, Amber Brown, and Ashley Cummins. As an addition, I feel uh, that would be more exciting. Jess, you and I are friends, and we've been friends, and here's just another reason as to why we are friends. I absolutely have been echoing this sentiment for years. Forever. Saying, yes, <laughs> yeah, right. They don't have to shut down 145. They just have to make it stronger, right? So I, I'm fine with that, but I want them to add 105, dude. There are so much talent at 105, not just in the country, but in the world. You have a ready-made feeder organization with Invicta right there to pluck the best ones from and then cultivate the next crop of good fighters coming in. 105 is exciting. They have a lot of, you know, they, they have high cardio. They have a lot of output. 105, speed. Adam Weights, yes, yeah. absolutely speed. Um, and this is this is a this is a no-brainer as far as I'm concerned. But for some reason, it has never happened. And yes, I will be championing for this until it happens. So absolutely, Jess. Great question. Thank you very much. And I know our last one, Drea, comes from the homie Rage Sweet Potato, who got this one just in under the wire. What do you got for <laughs> us today, RSP? What do you think this? fun thing that Dana has planned plan for Khabib is? Is it something specifically for him or something Dana has planned for the champ, which he assumes will be Khabib? So I think it's specifically for Khabib, RSP, and I am going to go out of the box a little bit here. I think that he is saying that if Khabib gets through Justin, that by next year, he's going to put on a huge event in Russia. I think we're going to look at selling out some giant stadium that they have in Moscow and having, yeah, having it all be about Habib. Habib obviously would be headlining, defending the belt. I think even His if he didn't have the belt, fight. Yeah, right. it, I think even if he yeah. didn't have the belt, it would still be a huge draw. But, you know, let's just assume that he does. 
I mean, what a draw that would be. That would be humongous crowds. I think it's going to be, I think it's a fight in Russia. That's what I think the cool thing, quote unquote, is going to be. Do you have any idea? What do you think, Drea? I don't. That actually sounds like an awesome idea, though. It hadn't crossed my mind, but now that you've mentioned it, it sounds like it would be awesome. I know there's talks of him wanting to fight 30 fights in hopes of 30 fights being undefeated and then um, retire. And God, that would be awesome if he actually did that for him. Yeah, he's a very young guy, as we all know, and he hasn't taken very much damage over the years, but eventually you have to think about your long-term health, right? You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. even it's not just the fights, too. It's all the training and all the strain, and plus we all know about his, the story about his father. So, yeah, that would that would be a pretty picture-perfect ending to yeah. uh, his pro-fighting career. So, yeah, I, yeah. I would definitely and then it would just be Habib turns coach, I'm sure. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. There's no way around it. <laughs> Uh, yeah. That's exactly what this guy was meant to do. So, mm-hmm. Drea, my feature player, we have now careened our way through our picks. Drea's got for the night our Twitter questions. So, for this week, we will bid you adieu, and hopefully, we're both going to be able to watch our Lions a little bit later and see if they can get even on the year. But we'll have to wait and see. <laughs> I know. About ready to go in there and find it and stream it since i can't bring it here and on my part over here in my parts of california yeah you can't just watch it (laughs) right right i understand completely so thank you so much you knocked it out of the park once again and we'll talk to you a little bit later my friend all right see you next week hey rhino gang are you looking for a piece of furniture to tie the room together maybe make it feel a little bit more homey how about a beautifully restored dresser for the bedroom or an end table for the family room we'll look no further than my good friends at k&r designs You got a piece of furniture that needs restoration? They got you covered. Looking for a new addition to your home decor that's already been beautifully done? They got you there, too. We're talking dressers, armoires, kitchen tables, cabinets, nightstands, any and all wood furniture you can think of, they've got or can get for you. So check out K&R Designs in-store at 101 West Chicago Boulevard in Tecumseh, Michigan, or on their website, knrcustomdesigns.com. Check out their Facebook page, K&R Home Deco, that's D-E-C-O, to see everything they have and the amazing work that they can do. You can also call and order at 517-605-7173. They accept PayPal, Venmo, Square, Cash, Check. They accept them all. So if you want the absolute best of the best and restorative wood furniture creators, you got to check out K&R Designs. Tell them you're a member of the Rhino Gang, and that'll get you 20% off your very first purchase. Once again, check out K&R Designs, Combat Sports with Rhino's proud sponsor. All right, let's go ahead and get into our voice questions from the Rhino Gang. I know our first one comes from the big homie Juice from the Fight With Myself podcast. Juice, what do you got for us this week, buddy? Rhino. It's your boy Juice from the Fighting With Myself podcast. I want to talk about Jermaine Durandamy. Um, She's beat everyone in the UFC not named Amanda Nunes. And uh, I remember when she when she beat Holly Holm, uh, I definitely scored the fight for Holly. And I thought the ref did a terrible job, Todd Anderson, at managing those late strikes. Now, a lot of people fault GDR for that. But uh, according to the rules, it's actually the ref who ends the round, not the bell. Um, it's still a shitty thing to do, uh, but the ref did a terrible job. I think when that when when Jermaine won that belt, she was supposed to fight Cyborg. They even had her, you know, they did a face off in the back. 
I still really want to see that fight. I know Cyborg's in Bellator now, and they don't really do cross-promotion, but just for the fuck of it, how do how would you see Jermaine Duranamy versus Cyborg going? Love you. Love the show. Yeah, dude. GDR is a really good fighter. I also had Holly winning that fight, by the way. But GDR versus Cyborg would go as follows, I think. I think from the opening bell, GDR, who's kind of shown that she's pretty scared of Cyborg, she would be on her bike. She would be leg-kicking, jabbing, trying to stay away while Cyborg kind of stalked her down, right? GDR has really good footwork, so she'd be able to avoid, I think, Cyborg's attacks at least early. I think somewhere in the second or the third, Cyborg would catch up with her, cut her off, put her up against the cage. Um, GDR has a good clinch, but Cyborg is just stronger, dude. I think that she would take GDR down from the clinch against the cage. Uh, Cyborg would sh- like just shuck off any sort of attempt of submission that GDR would put on her. And we would see some GNP coming from Cyborg that would end the fight. I don't know if that would be elbows or punches. It would be something with Cyborg on top. GDR fucking take the L via TKO from ground and pound. That's how I see that fight going. So thank you very much for that question. Juicy fruit, baby. And uh, if you guys haven't already, absolutely check out the Fighting With Myself podcast. It is awesome. Great guy. Great dude. Love him. Uh, check him out. Alrighty. So our next one comes from my dear friend, G Spot from the Wocast Last Shots Fired Pods. What do you have for us this week, G? Hi, Rhino. It's G from G Spot MMA and from the Wocast. My question is pretty simple, Rhino. Did Holly Holm indeed have this career-changing performance last night, or was she simply given an opponent that she stylistically was able to manipulate and look really good against? Do you understand? What Did she hit a fastball down the middle, or did, has she really improved and is ready to fight for the title? Okay? You have a good one. Keep up the good work. And you know I love you to bits, all right? Okay, I'm going to preface everything I'm about to say by saying this. Holly looked great last night. I've always kind of liked Holly Holm. Uh, so I'm going to preface this by, that, by saying that, all right? My thought is she, um, I thought it was going to be a much closer fight than it ended up being, right? Uh, do I think one really good performance puts us in a position where we could say that Holly Holm has vastly improved from her last fight to this one? No, not as an overall fighter. She is four and five in her last nine fights. I would need to see Holly rattle off two to three more performances like we saw last night in a row before I'm going to co-sign or be convinced that she's actually upgraded and we're seeing we're going to see Holly 2.0 for this last few fights of her career. She needs to fight at that level consistently before you can say something like that. You have to have the right dance partner right, in, in fighting. Sometimes you get the right dance partner. I think last night she got the right dance partner in Aldana. Aldana does not cut her off. Aldana just wanted to keep it on the feet pretty much. Stay at range. All the things that Holly Holm likes likes to fight at. Where the where she wants the fight to be was tailor-made with what Irene Aldana did for her in the cage. I think you need to look at a couple more fights in a row, see what she does before I'm going to co-sign on Holly Holm. Uh, being this upgraded version of what we see. Like I said, four and five in her last nine, dude. You can't be that and then have one great performance and me be like, oh my God, it's it's over now. Everyone's in the division is fucked. It's Holly Holmes' world. We're all living in it. No, dude, I'm not there. I need a couple more performances like that. I'm not saying that's impossible. I'm just saying that's not, I'm not ready to co-sign on that as of yet. Thank you very much, G. If you guys have already, absolutely check out the WOCast and check out Shots Fired. 
amazing, amazing stuff they got going on with her, Mike, uh, Kairos, and Chisanga. Awesome, awesome stuff. So thank you very much, Gina. All righty, we're going to move into my homie, the Einstein of Gravity Design, Dave Fretz. What do you got for us this week, Dave? Hey, what's going on, Rhino? This is Dave Fretz, at Dave Fretz and at Solo Shoes on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, Judah's sitting beside me here, but he's uh, engrossed in his video game, so uh, I'm sure he would like to say hi. Do you want to say hi to Rhino? Hi. There we go. Um, women's bantamweight division in the UFC. Um, just reflecting on last night's performance by Holly Holm, which was super impressive. I think she came in um, all fight week, biting her mouth guard. There was a different kind of determination there, uh, and she, it was a phenomenal performance. Uh, but at the top of the mix, we've seen it all before. What do you do uh, with this division now, with Amanda Nunez um, so dominant at the top there? Uh, it's hard to get really interested in anything I see there, to be honest with you. Um, yeah, what are your thoughts there? Peace, man. First of all, hi, Judah, my buddy in the Combat Sports Bridal Mascot Supreme, buddy. Hope you're having a good weekend, dude. Uh, yeah, homie, I said it a little bit in the Twitter question from Jess, but I'll expand. So the women's featherweight roster in the UFC is literally second fiddle to Bellator. Bellator has a deeper roster at women's featherweight than the UFC does. The only the only way I could see that Dana has let this go is because and has not made it grow is because he has it just to exist just so that Amanda Nunes could show her dominance, be a double champ, and have them have another person be like, look at how we have the greatest female mixed martial arts in the world, double champ. That's really if you're not going to grow it, I don't see any other purpose for that, any other purpose for that being in existence. So for me, it's either you got to grow the 145 by bringing more talent in, or the only reason it's there is to show off Amanda Nunes and how great she is. And I think it's going to be that way until she retires, to be honest. I would love to see him grow up, but I just don't think it's going to happen because I think it would happen by now, dude. So yeah, when Amanda retires, they'll either, they'll either disintegrate it or build it up because I don't think they're going to do it until then. So great question, Dave. If you guys haven't already, always check out my man, Dave Fretz, at Dave Fretz and at Solo Shoes on Twitter and Instagram. The guy puts out the most fire Einstein-like graphic designs, both in posters, shoes, hats, anything you can think of. The guy is the man and my good friend. So thank you very much. Now, ladies and gentlemen, let's get into our 10 rounds with Rhino with LFA middleweight going to be headlining this coming weekend's LFA card. Straight out of Canada, Aaron Jeffrey going 10 rounds with Rhino. Ladies and gentlemen of the Rhino game, we have a very special guest for ourselves today, LFA middleweight. The main event coming up on the upcoming uh, LFA card on October 16th, Aaron Jeffrey. My man straight out of Canada. How are you today, sir? I'm good, brother. How are you? Oh, we're doing great. Uh, Aaron, on the 10 rounds of Rhino, we love to start with the round one being like kind of the backstory, man. How, can you tell us how you got started in this uh crazy wacky business of mma yeah it's uh it's not really too exciting of a story um growing up i had an older brother and uh he was watching some of the events and stuff when i was a bit younger so i i kind of got into watching it through him and then uh he found uh, a gym in the small town that we grew up in and i started training there a bit and then when i when i moved away for school i found a, a bigger gym with uh better training and, and stuck with it and one day my coach asked me if I wanted to have a fight and, and I took it and loved it and stuck with it ever since. 
So it's just as simple as that, man. Your brother got you into it. You kind of fell in love with it, and here we are. Simple as that. Beautiful, man. I love it. Sometimes simple is the best, dude. Uh, so, like I said, next Saturday, you're going to be main eventing the LFA. Um, what can you tell us about your opponent? What do you know about him? Uh, yeah, he's uh, he's a solid wrestler. He's he's 5-0. and oh. um, I think he's got all finishes, actually. So, um, good record. Um, looks like a pretty decent wrestler. Big, strong, thick kid. Uh, I don't think his striking is all that great. He looks a little bit uncomfortable on the feet. Um, I think I'm, I'm a lot more well-rounded and I think it's a, a pretty solid fight for me actually. So you brought up being well-rounded, which is exactly, which leads perfectly into my next question. So, um, I saw your fight on the contender series, but I, I gotta be honest, I had, I wasn't a, a super familiar with the rest of your career. So now when I, when I found out I was going to be interviewing you, obviously I did some research cause I do my due diligence as a, as a podcast host. So what I've noticed about you really is how well-rounded you are, dude. I saw, uh, so every time you're on the ground, you seem comfortable. You didn't you didn't panic. Uh, you looked for ways out. You looked for ways to reverse. And on the feet, you looked great um, as far as the way you cut angles. And you kept you're a tall guy for the division, so you have a good reach. You kept you kept your distance really well. What would you say for this fight camp? Are some of the parts of your game that you think you sharpened up even more so uh, than maybe from your last camp? Um. I don't know. Again, I, I would probably say everything. Like, I don't really focus, like, specifically on one thing. Like, even on the opponent, like, this guy's a wrestler. Um, so maybe we'll look at, like, a, a couple specific things he does. But, like, I kind of just train train everything year-round. Uh, I don't really do, like, blocks with my training or anything like that. So, uh, yeah, again, just trying to keep it well-rounded. Absolutely, dude. Now, for somebody who's only had 10 pro fights, you really seem comfortable in there that's something i definitely noticed in looking at some of your fights you seem you always seem like you're relaxed you don't seem like you're getting out of sorts um after 10 fights that's really impressive that kind of goes to show you that the the mental game on your end is really really strong do you feel like that's always kind of been that way or are you just able really kind of to mask your your nerves as you're in there uh maybe a bit of both i think maybe some kind of fake it till you make it but um sure uh yeah i don't know man i think like the emotions kind of turn off once you're in there like maybe backstage i look uh not the same as i do when i'm in the cage but i think once, <laughs> once you're in there and the bell rings uh yeah everything kind of shuts off and you just go into like a different mode yeah dude i have to absolutely agree with you uh, i was always a jumble of nerves all the way up until that bell rang and then it was just kind of like everything just went laser focused so exactly. i can absolutely relate to that uh dude being a canadian canada has had a phenomenal roster of both current and former fighters. Now, besides GSP, because that's too easy of an answer, were there was there some guys growing up when you were kind of got into MMA at first? Some some Canadian fighters you kind of looked at. You're like, man, I really like his style. I like watching him fight. Um, that's a good question. Honestly, I don't think so. I don't, I wasn't even like the hugest fan of GSP growing up. Like I, I liked him, but uh, I remember when I was younger watching his fights against uh, BJ Penn. And I was yeah. always rooting for BJ Penn because he was one of my favorites. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm, I'm not a good uh, countryman, I guess. <laughs> no, that does not negate the fact that you're a good <laughs> countryman. I, dude, believe me, I, I'm, I'm from Michigan, and I, I was never. I wanted to be a Dan Severn fan growing up, but I couldn't because I was. I just didn't like his style in the cage, man. It just yeah. wasn't for me. So no, yeah. I can completely understand where you're coming from. Uh, you and I, like I said, you. I'm from Michigan. You're from. Uh, Ontario, that's the same general area yeah, as part of the sure. world. Yeah. Um, ha have you ever yeah. gone around through Michigan? Have you ever taken a trip through? Have you been to Detroit? Have you been in our Have you been in our beautiful state at all? 
uh, I've driven through a, a few times. Um, I don't think I've ever really done much there, though. Well, you have an open uh, invitation. You have an open invitation, Aaron, <laughs> to come through cool. and enjoy the Great Lakes, enjoy the downtown of Detroit. Oh, my God. Just, you just let me know. Once all this madness <laughs> with the Rona is over, dude, you let me know when you're coming through, I've, and I'm going to take I've, you out. I'm going to show you everything. I've done some stuff in Windsor, and I think that's uh, essentially the Detroit of Canada. So I, I have somewhat of an idea. <laughs> well, see, Windsor is just across the bridge. For those of you of the CSWR crew who do not know, Windsor is literally across the bridge from Detroit. But the thing was, but I, when I was young, once you turned 19, you could drink in Canada. Yeah. So we would all come in droves once we were all 19 and do the, the nightlife of Windsor, which was some pretty fun times. I got to be honest with you. So big shout out to Windsor for uh, your, your different laws that we have <laughs> over here in the States. Uh, dude, the LFA being on Fight Pass, because it used to be uh, over here, it used to be on Access TV. But now being on Fight Pass, it brings a lot of extra eyes uh, to the fights that LFA puts on now. So on Saturday, you're going to be fighting um, for everybody who has Fight Pass. They can watch you fight in the main event. Does that bring like an extra level of excitement, a little bit more pressure? How how is that kind of? Have you thought about that aspect of it? Yeah, it's fucking sick. Um, like even uh, during their last event, uh, I wasn't watching it, but then I just start getting all these DMs and stuff on Instagram uh, with me, like they're they're showing highlights of me on on the LFA event that's on Fight Pass right now because uh, they're highlighting my fight coming up. So yeah, it's uh, it's sick, man. It's a good opportunity, um, and I think. Uh, like another important thing is that LFA seems like they're pretty tightly connected with the UFC, uh, and they send a lot of guys there. So I think that's uh, that's super important too. Oh, dude, one hundred percent. The uh, it's got to be one of the top two or three feeders into the UFC without question. It's it's guys on the come up. It's guys who have uh, maybe been there, but you know took a you know had a little turn for the worse as far as their record went. They get back to the LFA, they get a few wins, and they get right back into the UFC. So no, I totally agree. Particularly since the uh, acquisition of the rights to show it on Fight Pass, I feel like there's been a big surge in guys from the LFA going into the UFC. So you're absolutely right on that. Uh, Aaron, I've asked this to your countrymen. So I've interviewed a lot of Canadians, Josh Hill. Um, you know, there's been a ton of guys who I've talked to about this. So I really want to know, what are some of your favorite movies that you like to do just to chill with? I mean, are you a horror movie guy? Are you a comedies guy? Action, documentaries? What are, what are you watching when it's time to just fucking chill out, get away from training, and let your mind relax for a few hours? No, it's the, that's the worst question to ask me because I'm the most boring motherfucker when it comes to <laughs> movies. I don't watch anything. I never watch anything. I watch the fights on Saturday night, and I don't know. I, I read books because I'm a loser. Um, if I'm going to put anything on the TV just to, to sit back and chill, it's like Food Network stuff. Oh, dude, I love it. I'm a big Food Network guy myself. Now, getting back to the reading, because that's interesting, because I'm a big dork reader, too. But I only tend to read about um, combat sports. Like, that's what I love. I love biographies. You know, I love autobiographies. I love stories about that. Have you ever caught uh, or read the book A Fighter's Heart by Sam Sheridan? Have you ever caught that one? Uh, I have that book. I don't know if I ever actually read it, though. I think uh, one, of, one of my buddies and uh, coaches actually lent it to me. I don't know if I ever got around to it, though. It's good. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. It, it's literally, I've read hundreds and hundreds of books. A Fighter's Heart by Sam Sheridan is my absolute favorite book on fighting I have ever read. Uh, big shout out to him. He's not paying me or anything to say anything. So don't worry about that. This is a legitimate shout out, dude. It's, uh, it's basically the dude goes to Thailand to learn Muay Thai from the best. He learns... 
He goes to Bettendorf, Iowa in the early days of Militage Fighting System with a young Robbie Lawler as one of his training partners to learn MMA. And then he takes a fight in each one of these disciplines. He goes to Oakland to train boxing with uh, with the guys over there in Oakland, including Andre Ward. So it's a really, really cool. But I skipped the dog fighting part because that's not for me i don't you know i didn't want anything to do with that but the other parts of this book were fantastic i absolutely recommend it for another reader and that's a very cool thing to find out dude that doesn't make you a loser that makes you <laughs> interesting if anything else all right aaron so uh this is one of my most important questions that i always have to ask the fighters this is something that everybody can relate to you've done your weight cut you've had your fight it's time to relax it's time to indulge it's time to go out to your favorite place and get your favorite meal where are you going and what are you getting um, I tend to, well, I, I try to not eat out as much as possible after my weigh-ins. I'm actually a, a nutritionist. That's my, my side gig and I have a little business. Uh, so I try and do everything as clean as possible. Um, when I fly down, it makes it a little bit more difficult, but if I'm driving into the States, I'll bring like a, a hot plate and shit. Like I've even brought a microwave, uh, to cook my own meals in the hotel. Uh, last time I flew down to Miami, so I didn't have, uh, that available, uh, but I usually just hit up like a, a Whole Foods or something like that. I grab like maybe one of those rotisserie chickens, boiled eggs, uh, like some good whole grain bread, lots of fruit, um, granola bars, lots of fluids. Again, man, boring stuff. <laughs> no, what's funny is that the uh, you brought up the rotisserie chicken. That's that's kind of been a go. That's been a go to of mine for a decade, uh, especially when it comes to like cheap, easy, healthy meals. Is the rotisserie chicken? Mike Rodriguez, who I had on a couple weeks ago, he brought up the rotisserie chicken. I think it's been brought up at least another time on the show. As well. and I totally understand, bro. I I, I wish like I've been I've been keto for four months, so I really wish oh, I nice. could have. I really wish <laughs> I could have granola bars, and I wish I could have. Uh, some of the things that you just said, but no, I'm very familiar with the rotisserie chicken and the boiled eggs. So, dude, I know you said you are, you're not a big movie or TV guy. I know you're a reader. Um, are there any sports that you do like besides MMA? Like, did you ever, did you ever like to watch the Leafs or the Argonauts or the Raptors? Anything else like that ever kind of you get into growing up? Yeah, if I, if I was to pick another sport other than fighting, it would be hockey. I watched quite a bit growing up. I never played, actually, um, but I did uh, watch quite a bit growing up. Was there somebody that you kind of looked at? You were like, "All right, he's the shit. He's the he's the best player I've ever seen." I was a huge Mighty Ducks fan, so uh, Paul Correa was my guy back in the day. I liked Paul Correa too, and I was never a huge hockey guy, but I always liked Paul Correa too because he was small and he was, you know, and he was different. And he was tough, and he had such a skill set. Uh, yeah, I always kind of liked Paul Correa myself, and yeah, I love the Mighty Ducks too, but I love the movies. You know what I mean? That's what first got me into liking the Anaheim Ducks. It was like, well, they got the same jerseys. I'm watch them you know being from detroit it was all about the red wings and hockey town and everything for but sure. yeah so that's what kind of got me into it a little bit for a little bit of time so um dude we have actually careened our way through all 10 rounds dude we smoked it it got through real real fast where can uh where can your fans look you up man and check out your stuff on instagram yeah i'm everywhere on social media at aaj mma and then uh like i mentioned before i'm a nutritionist so if you want to see uh what i do in that aspect of my life it's at jeffrey nutrition at Jeffrey Nutrition, so we can follow you both on IG under your MMA name and that to get some nutritional tips and to yes, check sir. out your your expertise in that area. I got to be honest with you, I had um, when I had Gray Maynard on, he he kind of does a similar thing. He has a similar um, uh, you know nutrition aspect, and he was really really good, and I was really impressed with what I read and saw on that. So I'm definitely going to check yours out, uh, Mr. Jeffrey, and I definitely hope that. Uh, we can get some tips to keep keep this body looking and feeling good. And <laughs> I think we should all I think we should all do that. 
for ourselves to keep our health and our and our bodies working good and feeling good and looking good. So again, dude, we really look forward to watching you fight next weekend. Main event's a big deal for LFA, dude, and we are all we're all gonna be rooting you on over here at CSWR. And we really appreciate you taking the time out to come on today, dude. Yeah, man, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. This is LFA middleweight Aaron Jeffrey, and I just went ten rounds with Rhino. Very cool to get to talk to a fighter just a week before his main event on the LFA car, man. That was cool. We really, we really look forward to seeing you fight in there, dude. We're riding with you 100%. Shout out also to the contributors this week, Mr. B, Scott Nolan, my screen queen, Supreme Jess, Rage the Sweet Potato, Juice from the Funny With Myself podcast, Key Spot from the Wocast slash Shots Fired, Dave Fretz at Dave Fretz at Solo Shoes on Twitter and Instagram. Shout out, a special shout out today for my friend Molly, whose handle is at Hells underscore Bell, which is B-E-L-L-E 99 for the launch of her official blog, which you can find at afterthebell.wordpress.com. Once again, that's afterthebell, spelled B-E-L-L-E again, dot wordpress.com which is about pro wrestling it's about love it's about mental health awareness and so much more i love it she's been a wonderful addition to uh to my twitterverse she's a great friend she's a wonderful person absolutely check it out if you're into pro wrestling or you're into beautifully written stories about love and anxiety and gosh she's so talented big big shout out to you molly so check her stuff out also shout out to the rhino gang lanta brown the homies of the mcci uh, the ladies at the TKO pod, Chelsea and Delilah, my homie Marquise at Weak Sauce Radio, Trouble, my boy the Doc, Kairos, Mike from the Wocast, and Shots Fired, Miss Fight Diva, my boy Raymond, both the beautiful Pamela's, APB, Ashley the MMA nerd, D Crons, and my crew, the Triple D as I call them, Drea, D Reigns, Dave Fretz. Thank you guys so much. There wouldn't be a show without you. Black Lives Matter, everybody. Be kind. Have, have a wonderful week. Stay safe, and we will see you next week. Cage side.